Well, guys, when I was a kid, um, if you were going to plan a road trip, you had to get out something like this. Now, this is a map of Colorado. Uh, this is going to freak out some kids, but uh, this is what it used to look like. Th these were our maps. You had to get them out, and you, uh, you, especially if you were going over like lots of states, uh, either you'd have multiples or you'd have a, a big atlas, and you would pull it out, and you would figure out where you are, and you'd figure out where you're going, and you'd put one point here, one point there, and then you guys would figure out, you'd sit down, and when you're planning out a road trip, you'd go, okay, we're going to take this route, and we're going you know, to go through this city. Here's where we're going to stop for lunch. And you'd use this big, you know, crazy map. You would typically take it in the car with you, which was always interesting, uh, just in case something happened. And somebody would have it, like, you're, like, I'm trying to drive here. Could you get it? And no, I've, I've got to see where we're going. I don't know if your trips, road trips like, uh, were like that growing up. Mine were. And, uh, and that's what you had to do to figure out how to get where you were going. Now, a cool thing happened in the 90s. Uh, the Internet uh, was given to us as a great gift. Al Gore claims uh, he's the one that invented it, whatever. Uh, but in the 90s, we, we got this thing called the Internet. And, and kids, I know you guys take this for granted, but uh, in my day, when that first happened, what happened is we, we, we for the first time ever in our lives, because we learned how to use keyboards on typewriters. It was a class. It was dumb. And, uh, and uh, so we had to do that. But then for the first time ever, we had these things now appearing, uh, being sold in our homes called personal computers. It was weird. And, uh, and you would take your phone line, which was hardwired, and you would unplug it, or you would get a splitter, okay? We didn't get a splitter for a long time. So you would unplug it, and you would plug it into the back of your computer to a thing called a modem, and, uh, and then it would dial up. No lie. It like dialed the phone number and made that, and it was like this whole thing took forever. And then if you were lucky, you got about 100 kilobits per second. I don't know. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. It was definitely not gigabyte speed. And, uh, but the cool thing is once you got the internet and people started getting computers, if you're taking a road trip, it changed because you could go to this website called MapQuest and you would type in uh, your home address, you would type in where you're going, and it would provide you with different routes. And you could click it and then you hit print and it would print it out on, on, on your cool uh, inkjet printer um, and you could take it with you on the road trip and it was specific just for you and, and it revolutionized the way that we did road tripping. Now, all that changed again in the mid-2000s. I think 2007 is when the first iPhone dropped. And what happened is what, what we, we went from cell phones to smartphones. We actually had little computers in our pockets. And the great thing then is, is it had an app. And you opened up the map app. You typed in where you wanted to go. And somebody spoke to you, right? This woman named Siri would tell you turn-by-turn -turn directions because she was linked to global positioning satellites. And it was awesome. And the reason why all these things have happened and the reason why things will continue to happen that we can't even think about yet is because we as a people like to know where we are and where we're headed. We hate wandering around aimlessly, driving around in circles. We're people that, that deep within inside of our DNA have a longing for purpose and getting places. Now, right, we don't like to feel lost. We don't like to wander. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about this morning as we start this brand new series called Next Step Church. As I want to talk to you about the fact that we believe God's actually provided kind of a, a map, if you will. 
so that we don't have to wander either. So, so here's what I want to do. I'll, I'm going to share three things with you this morning. We're going to kind of be all over the Bible. Do your best. Like, it, it's cool. I'm not expecting you to turn there. I'll put everything on the screen for you this morning because we're going to be in so many places. But I, I want to start with this first truth. I want you to know that even though we're prone to wander, we're not actually meant to. Okay? Even though we're prone to wander, we're not actually meant to. We actually sang that, that hymn, uh, not too long ago, here come thou fount. I love that line, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Uh, I love that. And that certainly is us. We are, we're people that prone to, are prone to wander. We're people that have all experienced uh, the wilderness, if you will. Some of you maybe walked through the door this morning and you're like, yeah, pastor, that's exactly where I've been right? And spiritually speaking, we know what the wilderness is. It's drier there, right? I, I, don't, I don't get as much to, much to, to drink. Everything the same. It, it, it's all the same. It all seems a little meaningless, right? Uh, if you remember the Israelites in, in, in the wilderness, they had to eat the same thing all the time. And, and we kind of feel that way spiritually. Maybe you walk through the doors and that's where you are. So I just want to talk to you uh, for a second this morning. I, I want to show this to you in, uh, in the life of God's kids, in the life of the Israelites. And so, so here's, let's just kind of set up the story. You may remember this, but the nation of Israel actually becomes a nation in another nation called Egypt. Uh, Joseph, uh, by God's providence, was sent to Egypt. He becomes second in command. His whole family comes there in the middle of a drought. It's there in Egypt that they become a great nation, that they kind of grow into what Israel will be. Of course, uh, the Pharaoh who was kind to them dies, a new Pharaoh takes over, enslaves them. They cry out for mercy, and God hears them and sends them a deliverer named Moses. Now, when Moses is called by God. They have a conversation, and God makes a promise to Moses that's pretty powerful. Uh, I'm going to put it on the screen. Exodus 6, 6 through 8, um, and, and this is what God says. He says, Therefore tell the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I'll bring you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians, and I'll rescue you from slavery to them. I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgments. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. You will know that I'm the Lord your God who brought you out from the forced labor of Egypt. So I love that line. I highlight it in black. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Now, in order for God to do that, he had to get them out of Egypt. He does that through those miraculous acts he's talking about. Uh, and then he wants to lead them to a place called the Promised Land. There's a problem in there. Now, uh, People have looked at how far it was from Egypt to the Promised Land. The shortest route, do you know the shortest route you could have probably done on foot in about 11 days? About 11 days. Now, God didn't take them on the shortest route. Uh, he, he, he took them to another place called Mount Sinai. It was a much longer route. And, and there, uh, God's intention wasn't that it would be an 11-day journey. There, he's going to take Moses up on the mountain for 40 days. And, and, and uh, see, for God to keep the promise that he would be their God and they would be his people, uh, he had to do some things. And so there, his intent was always to take his people to the wilderness to prepare them for the promised land. That was the intent. I'm going to take you to the wilderness to prepare you for the promised land. So Moses goes up on the mountain, God talks to him, and God says, hey, here's the three things we need to figure out. I've got this on a slide for you. Ready? He says, uh, I've got to give you some rules to live by. If I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people, there's some rules that you have to follow. Okay? Uh, in addition to that, you've got to build me a place to dwell. You get to build me a place to dwell. So God gives them the law. He gives them instructions to build the tabernacle. And then he also gives them uh, a sacrificial system. He says, and your sins, your sinful people, I'm a holy God. If you're going to be in my presence, then your sin has to be atoned for. So there at Sinai, 
God lays out all these things. So, so God's intent wasn't that it would be an 11-day journey that would be the shortest. But his intent also wasn't that it, they were going to spend 40 years there, right? And, and, and in fact, most scholars think it was probably, God in, probably intended it to just be a couple months there at Sinai preparing to be the people that God wanted them to be so that they could cross over to the promised land. We know when it came time to cross over that Moses sends the 12 spies, only two come back with good report. The other 10 say, no, the people are too uh, big, too scary, the cities are too fortified. And so they, they back away, and in fear, they choose not to obey God and choose not to believe that God will do what he said he's going to do. And so the, the punishment is now they're going to spend 40 years wandering. Here's what I want to say to you, all right? You are like those 10 people. And so am I. When it comes to life, when it comes to our spiritual journeys, we have a tendency to see all the big things that we can't do. We have a tendency to live in fear. And even when God tells us to do something, we go, eh. All right? And sometimes we do that because of our surroundings, because we are ready. We're in the wilderness. But here's what I want you to know, just a truth. You can write this down if you want to. This is, I just want you to know that God never leads us to the wilderness to wander. It is always meant to be a place of preparation, okay? God never leads us to the wilderness to wander. It's always meant to be a place of preparation. So some of you are feeling that. You've been in the wilderness for a time, and I just want to speak to your spirit this morning, all right? It's time to move on, right? Either that or it's time to learn what God's trying to teach you so that you can move on. We are not meant to dwell and live in the wilderness. It's always supposed to be a place of preparation. Think about this. Where did Jesus go before he started his public ministry? Anybody? 40 days. Where was he? In the wilderness. He was preparing, right? There's always a period of preparation before God wants to send you off. So you're not meant to stay there. You're just meant to get prepped there, all right? So I, I, again, I just want to go back. This, this point kind of has two points. So even though we're prone to wander... We're not meant to. Even though we're prone to wander, we're not meant to. You say, Pastor, how do you know we're not meant to? Well, one, I look at the life of the Israelites. Like I just said, everywhere you read about the Israelites and the fact that they were there 40 years, it makes it very clear that was not God's goal for their life, right? That was, that was punishment for their disobedience. In fact, all of the adults are going to die off there in the wilderness. God's going to start anew. Okay, well, let's not let that happen, amen? Right? Let's, let's learn, okay? And so I'm just, I'm just saying to you, so, so we've got that, but then we also have God's, God's ultimate plan, which is Jesus. And, and I want you to hear what Jesus says. So Jesus shows up, Luke 19, 10, talking about his mission. He says this, he says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, Right? You know, another way to think about that is that Jesus actually came to collect the wanderers, right? He actually came to go out and, and to get the wanderers. He's clearer in Luke 15. He says, what man among you who has a hundred sheep loses one of them and doesn't leave the 99 in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it, right? Saying like, hey, I have come to seek out those that have wandered far away, Okay? So I, I just, I, again, I want you to know, even though we're prone to wander, we are not meant to. God's goal for your life is not wandering in the wilderness, okay? God's goal for your life is not wandering in the wilderness. So here's the second thing I, I want to uh, share with you this morning. Instead, ready? God has given us a path to becoming more like Him. God has given us a path to becoming more like Him, Okay? We, we, we don't have to wander around aimlessly. God's actually provided, he's planned, he's given a pathway uh, by which we, we, can, we can get out 
of the wilderness by which we can be uh, changed. And so I want to get this out of the way, uh, this shocking statement this morning. I'm going to wreck some of your theology. Okay, ready? Here it is. Put it on the screen for you. Uh, the goal of the Christian life is not heaven. All right? Just receive that. That's our destination. That's our destination. That, that's the, you could call it the end goal, I guess, if you want. Like, but the goal of the Christian life is not heaven. That's our destination. God wants us to be with him. But he wants to, the goal of the Christian life is transformation. Right? The goal of the, of the Christian life is, is we, we studied the book of James. It's spiritual maturity. Right? It's becoming more like the one that created us. It's becoming more and more like God every single day. Which means that when I receive Jesus, my story isn't over. It's just beginning. It's just beginning, right? We'll talk about that next week. Is really the, there is a first step on the path. That's meeting Jesus. But that's just where, that's where our, our path begins, not where it ends. And so many Christians, uh, that's what we think. We think, you know what? Man, I, I'm, I'm saved. I'm good. It, it's over, right? Now I just have to wait. I, I hear lots of people say, I, I just can't wait till the Lord returns. Uh, and the Lord's like, well, I'm going to return when you do what I've asked you to do. Uh, let's go. And so we still wait. And, uh, and, and he's still waiting. And, and so here it is. And so what, what I want to do is I want to show you, and I've just, I've just picked a, a handful of scriptures, y'all. The Bible is actually full of scriptures that talk about this path, okay, which is crazy. Maybe you've never seen it. Um, but there, there's, there's scriptures full of it. So I'll start with uh, King David. We think King David wrote Psalm 119. He says this. He says, help me stay on the path of your commands. For I take pleasure in it. I take pleasure in that path. I take pleasure in those commands. God, help me stay on track. God, help me stay on your path. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to the nation of Israel. He writes in Isaiah 30, 21. And whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. God's going to be speaking to you. This is the promise of God. When, when you turn, when you stray, you're going to hear my voice. And here's what I'm going to say. Ready? Uh, this is the way. Walk in it. That word in Hebrew, way, it means road or path. So when you stray to the left or the right, you're going to hear my voice. God tells his kids, you're going to hear my voice, and my voice is going to say, no, 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 no. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Here's the path. Stay on it. Stay on it. Uh, similarly, the prophet Jeremiah uh, writes, he says, this is what the Lord says. Stand by the roadways and look. Ask about the ancient paths. Which is the way to what is good? And then take that path and find rest for yourselves. There's rest for all you weary, but it's only on God's path. God's provided a path. He has a path. You need to stay on the path. And again, I, I, couldn't, I, I know I had to add David twice, but I love this Psalm 25.4. He says, make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your path. God, teach me your paths. Uh, and boy, did God do that. Boy, was God faithful to that prayer of David. He sends his one and only son, Jesus, into the world. And Jesus comes, and do you know what Jesus talks about? It's crazy, same thing. John 14, 6, he says, I am the way. You could, you could translate that, the road or the path. I'm that path. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Right? And so I, I just, guys, I want you to know that, that God has given us a path to becoming more like Him. We are not meant to just wander around aimlessly. God has a goal for 
our life. And so that goal is what I want to talk to you about over the next several weeks. And uh, that just kind of leads to our, our, our last point. How do we become more like them? I, I just, I want you to know, uh, I, anybody a list person? Anybody like to check things off? Does anybody make a to-do list for themselves at the beginning of the week? Am I the only person? Yep, yep, okay. Do you, do you check it or do you scratch through it? I'm just curious. Scratch, check? Okay, who's my scratch-through crew? No? Scratch? Okay, yeah. I've got to be honest, I kind of go back and forth, but I think for the most part I'm a scratch-through. It's just something about, ah, it's finished. Uh, it just makes me feel good. But yeah, that's what I do. I, I typically come in Monday or uh, after I get out of the shower Monday, I'm thinking through, like, here's all the things I could do this week. I add to it during the week, try to scratch things off. Go, okay, I knock that out. And then um, the stuff I don't do when I leave on Thursday gets added to next week's list. That's always fun. I feel like you've been defeated, but it's okay. Some projects are not meant to be done in a week. Um, so, uh, so yeah, those kind of things. But yeah, I, I'm that kind of person. So here's the deal. When it comes to this, when I say, hey, there's a pathway, God's provided way, you're going to want to check it all off, okay? So I want you to know this path isn't a checklist. Rather, it's, it's, it's a guide. Um, and, and, and it's a guide meant to help us become uh, kingdom-focused people. That means that we're, we're saturated in thinking about the things of God. And so I, I'm going I'm to put an image on the screen. It's going to freak you out a little bit because it's going to seem like a circle and you're going to be like, oh my God, that's just wandering. It's not. It's all with purpose. We're actually pushing forward towards the kingdom. But these are the things that we're constantly doing in our life. We're constantly growing in these areas. So, so if it were a checklist, it'd, it'd just be straight from A to B. I'd be done. But I want to explain why it's a guide. Yeah, you can't see some of that. That's really small. But it's, it's cool. I'm going I'm going to say it to you, and then here, I'll make you a deal. Over the next several weeks, I'll spend one week on each of the things on that, on that chart, okay? So, so our, our path would always start, for everybody, it starts in the same place, uh, and that's uh, learning to worship Jesus as Lord. There, that's how you get on the path. You can't get on the path without Jesus, right? So that's where that begins. And a lot of Christians, they go, yep, I'm on it, I'm good. And again, we think like we're done. And you're not done uh, because, because again, what, what happens later on, you start to learn uh, more about God. You start to serve his church. And then what could happen is, is what happened to the whole church in Ephesus when Jesus speaks to him and says, hey, yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. You know what that means? He says, like, you're doing great things. You've learned a lot, but you stopped loving me as Lord. Right? When, when I first saved you, you were so passionate about me. You loved me. Man, you worshiped me with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. And now you're just busy Christians. And you don't love me anymore. You're going through motions and singing songs and sacrifices. And, but your love for me is not the way that it used to be. So here's what I'm going to say. This is the crazy thing about the path, right? Now, it's, if it were a checklist, I'd be trying to do 12 things at once. This is the cool thing. It's not about checking something off a list. It's about becoming the person God wants me to be. So, so what happens is I, I learn that the core of my identity begins with my worship of Jesus, my personal worship of Jesus, my love for the Lord, who, by the way, those of you parents that have kids sitting with you, awesome, uh, right? Because my kids are going to watch me worship. They're going to watch me worship. That, that's where that transformation, we believe in family worship, right? We've got these different um, kind of kind of things going on, two different services and full kids, man. I hope to see your kids, if, if they're not killing you right now, uh, in church with you. Learning how to worship with you. And then go to Sunday school and we've got other things for you to do, right? But we, we, we believe in that. But it's real easy to get on that thing. Same thing with uh, worship Jesus in community. You're not meant to be an island. The people that say, well, I don't need the church, that's not true. 
Right? If, if, if you were to take a log that was in the fire and it was burning bright and you removed it from the fire and you set it on, on, on the mantle there, guess what? It would eventually flame out because it needs all of the other logs to stay on fire. That's how it works. So you need community. And guess what? It's possible. Uh, hello, COVID. Right? To be a Christian that is still trying to serve and is still learning, but I'm not doing it in community anymore. And community doesn't mean just with other people. It means with people that know me and I know them and I invite them into a sacred space in my life and I say, hey, newsflash, I'm a sinful human being and I need somebody to hold my butt accountable, right? Because I am prone to wander. I'll do it on my own. If I live in secret, I'm not a good dude. So come into my life, Brandon Curling, he's never left, and, and tell me the hard truths, Jens Anderson. Like, and these people speak into my life. And I've got to have that community. I'm not the same person without that community. Neither are you, right? Same thing could happen uh, with worship, uh, worship Jesus as a member of his church. Right? What happens? COVID happens. I still believe in the Lord. I sit at home. I watch something on TV. Uh, people move. We've got all kinds of people that have moved to the area. But it's some, guess what? Jesus died for the church, y'all, unapologetically. Uh, our world likes to bash the church today, like the church is the bad guy. Listen, the church is made up of people. We're sinful people. And I'm so sorry if some sinful people in a church hurt you. I'm so sorry if this sinful person in a church hurt you at some point, right? But I'm here to tell you, man, the church is God's divine appointed world changer. The church and she is worth it. She is worth every scar. She's worth every callus on your knee and on your hands from serving and praying. She is worth it. She's worth every heartache and every struggle. And some of you don't, you don't have a local church that you're a member of. And, 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 and again, so we work through this, this, this process. We're going to spend the next several weeks doing it. I don't want to spend forever, but I, I just want you to understand, man, it's not a checklist, Okay. We, we really, this, this, because it's about becoming a, a person that, that naturally does these things, I'm not trying to do 12 things at once. I'm becoming a person that uh, loves the Lord more than anything else, that sees the value of his church more than anything else. And, and then as I do that, I, I'm, you know, I'm also growing in my knowledge, right? So we, I don't want you to focus on 12 things. Can I just relax? I see the tension in your face. Calm down. You're busy. I get it. If we do it right, all of us should really only be focusing on two or three things at a time, right? Because we're actually we're being transformed. And, and, and by the way, these aren't checklists. In every stop along that way, there's depth too, right? So I, I couldn't build you a 3D model. I didn't know how to do that. I'm not that good. I was doing good to get this up there, all right? So that's what we're talking about. There is a path. We are meant to be changed into the image of Jesus, all right? I love what David Daniels uh, says. By the way, David Daniels was a pastor at Pentego Bible Church. Pentego, one of the top five churches in the nation at discipleship, uh, having a process, having a plan. Um, so they were identified years and years ago. They've changed the name of their church. He's still there. Smart dude. Smarter than me. I love what he says. He says, busier people are not necessarily better people. Right? So we've kind of pared things down for you here at First Baptist. We're saying, hey, everybody needs to worship, learn, and serve. I... I I, if y'all want more simple, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm just telling you, right? So, so busier people are not necessarily better people. So maybe I don't need to learn, learn, learn. Maybe I need to learn 
And then I need to spend time with my kids around the table sharing that, what I learned, so that I can be the primary disciple. Right? It's different. It's a different way of thinking. All right? So, what do we do? What do we do when we learn the things we've learned this morning? God doesn't just intend for us to wander, but he's actually provided a path for our spiritual transformation and maturity. A uh, few things. Number one, I, I, I would start and just say, you need to make sure you're on the path. Okay? You need to make sure you, the, the, the whole path starts with Jesus. You've got you you to you, you worship Jesus as Lord. We're going to talk about it next week. But that's where it all begins is, is, listen, that's how you get on the path. That you can't uh, become somebody that looks like God without accepting his son. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. That's it. He is the path. It's how you, how you become like God. You have to accept Christ. If you're here and you don't, you don't know what that is, you don't know how to do that, man, at the end of service, I'm just going to come down here. Uh, Pastor John will be down here. We'll have some folks here to meet you, point you in the right directions. We've got all kinds of coffee in the back, places for you to hang out. But man, just in the midst of every, as I'm greeting everybody, just come see me. I just want to talk to you about how to accept Christ as Lord. It's not as hard as you think, okay? Uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to give up. But, it, but, it, but it's not as hard as you think. I remember I was, I was 20 years old. My life, I realized I'd been doing church for about a year. Uh, I'd heard a lot of things. I was studying. I was even teaching the Bible some, which is scary. I'd been baptized uh, when I was in high school because I dated a girl. Uh, their denomination believed in physical baptism. That's what washed away sin. Uh, I was not a Christian. I thought I was. And I heard the gospel. And I, I, I was like, I, I, I need Jesus. And I prayed that, I mean, I look back and I'm like, I feel like it, was, it wasn't the most educated prayer. But I was like, Lord, my life is a wreck. Would you take, take the wheel? Like, that was it. I mean, it was like, it was not, it was, there's no magic in those words. But man, God changed me in a moment. In a moment, right? And he can do the same for you. You just have to say, God, I need you to take control. He will. Come into my life, save me. He'll do it. He'll do it, okay? So make sure you're on the path. Two, uh, I would challenge you to try to figure out where you are on the path, Right? And so there's a little image. If you want a blown up size of the image, I'll make you a deal. I'll drop it on, uh, I'll drop it on Facebook tomorrow morning. Okay? So it'll be on a church's Facebook page. Uh, you guys can see that image in fullness. I just want you to think about where am I on that path, right? So we, we've got, you know, the worship, learn, and serve. So Jesus is Lord in community as a member of his church, right? I'm learning uh, and so sometimes I learn, and, and it's not intentional. It's kind of unintentional learning. That means I'm showing up to church, and I'm getting some stuff, and I'm growing some. But then we've got the intentional, God, I want to grow in this area, right? I want to discover my spiritual gifts, and I want to learn how to serve you out of them. We, same thing, we get to serve. we got all those depths, right? Serve my church. Cool. So many of you are serving your church. Can I just thank you for that right now? Uh, who, who are some of my Wednesday night crew, some of my adults that showed up, and you helped watch kids? Rusty and Vicky. I'm, I'm pointing, yep. Right, right here, right? Phil and Sue, right? So listen, y'all, heroes. We had over 65 uh, adults that have kids in the house that got to, got to talk about marriage Wednesday night because we had adults that just stepped up and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to fill, I'm, I'm going to do it, right? Uh, other heroes would be our youth. Hello, youth. How many of you serve Wednesday night? Man, we love y'all. Y'all are awesome. That was hard, huh? Some of y'all like, yeah. some of you it was fun, and I get it, but man, they stepped up and they served our church, y'all, right? They, they're serving our church, so they're doing that right now, and you're, many of you are like, oh, just greatest need, you put me wherever you need. That's awesome, that's where we're starting. Guess where we want to get to? We want to help you realize what God's gifted you with, right? Eventually, we want people serving out of their gifts. Right now, we just, we just, we got to do it.
but I'm so thankful for you, right? But we're going to grow in all those areas. So figure out where you are on that path, all right? So that, that's, that's the second thing I want you to do. Last thing I want to challenge you to do is I want to challenge you to pray about who needs to join you on the path, okay? Pray about who needs to join you on the path. Guys, up front, we've had them up here for several weeks, um, and we have not had a ton of people take them. Uh, we want everybody in the church to do this. Um, so here's the deal. You say, where are we, church? It, we look full right now. You're like, oh, man, this is awesome. Guys, this is, we've, we've just, we, we just crossed the Red Sea. Is all, we're, we're now in the wilderness. It's where we are. This fall, uh, till we open that new facility in February, this is wilderness. We're figuring it out this morning. I, I wasn't backing kids, man. I'm sure we were like, ah, trying to figure out who's where and how they're serving. What's the, we're, we're, we didn't have a lot of people at the doors because guess what? They're getting trained on how to greet and do parking lot ministry right now. So they're, they're meeting with pastor right now. We're, we're just doing it as we go. On the job training is what we're, it's OJT. Guess what? Welcome. Because we're in the wilderness. And God's preparing us for who we're going to be. Part of that preparation, y'all, is that every family in our church is praying for seven other families. That's what I want you to do. So come get the cards today. They're down here. I want you to start praying, God, who are seven other families that I feel like should be joining me in worship? And just pray. Okay, there's instructions on how to use them. We want every, these fit in your wallet. Okay, you can take them with you. Uh, you guys can set reminders. If you guys like reminders on your phone. Now, if you don't listen to the reminders and you ignore them, do not do what I'm telling you to do. Only if you, only if you listen to the reminders. Okay, if you, if you listen to reminders, you can take your seven and set a reminder, one for each day. Hey, Monday morning, it pops up at, you know, whenever your coffee is 7 a.m., pray for the Smiths. Okay, Tuesday, 7 a.m., pray for uh, the Johnsons. Wednesday, right? And, and, and we just, we want to be a church that is praying for our community. And we are praying that God would show them there's a path. There's a path forward that their lives can be radically changed by this man that they meet named Jesus. And Jesus can make them look like the God that created them. And they can live a life of value and worth. All right? Okay, that's a lot. Everybody, anybody good with that? That's a lot, right? So here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you this morning. I'm going to let you go. It is my time to let you go. We've got a couple announcements, and then we'll explain what you're supposed to do in the next 30 minutes. God, thanks for loving us. Thanks for allowing us to gather. Be glorified in everything we do here in this church. Help us continue to be who you're calling us to be in this community as we seek to see families transformed by the gospel, um, that we can be a group of people known uh, for loving and learning and living like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.